Opinions and ideas expressed in the following Moraine Valley Broadcast Channel recording are those of its creators and do not represent the views of Moraine Valley Community College. Good afternoon, guys. My name is Mikey. My name is David. I'm Alex. And over here you have James. And you're listening to Daily Discourse. Every week we discuss a discourse on a topic that seems problematic to society. In case you might not know what discourse means, it's defined as totality of communication on a subject. Pretty vague, huh? In simpler terms, it means any form of communication or thought on a particular subject. This week we saw a video pertaining to obesity crisis in America. It's a YouTube video of a girl pretty much fat shaming obese people in America. Have a listen. Big boned isn't a thing. How stupid do I look? Don't answer that. There are no fucking skeletons that look like the Michelin Man. Fat shaming. Who came up with that? That's fucking brilliant. Yes, shame people who have bad habits until they fucking stop. Fat shaming. If we offend you so much that you lose weight, lose, lose weight, I'm okay with that. You are killing yourself. To be honest with you guys, what she did was pretty messed up. But um, she does make a valid argument. Um, she kind of, you know, brings up the way I feel people nowadays talks about obesity. Uh, she claims that it's all person, uh, personal responsibility, but I feel like it's, you know, more than just that. It can't be personal. I think she went about it completely wrong. She was rude, and to be honest, I would never take someone like that serious, especially with an attitude like that. But the video did get over 200,000 views, and I believe a lot of people agree it is personal responsibility. You know what? In the video, she was stereotyping the same way people are stereotyping right now, and she's just bringing up points that I've been seeing all around town. So, you know, she's some of the stereotype, like, things that she's saying are, you know, obese people are, you know, usually lazy, they lack discipline, you know, lack the will of intelligence, and um, sloppy, unsuccessful, and, you know, goes on from there. And she also, like, you know, brings up something that I, um, I looked into, people and uh, obese people in their workplace they're about 30 to 100 times more likely to be you know stereotyped if they're obese and uh, another thing is like you know she said to go get checked out man doctors nowadays are just you know throwing that topic of obesity under the rug they don't even want to think about it right um so pretty much you know she says it's all personal responsibility that's what everybody else thinks i think that's pretty crazy given how rude she is, you know? And she's really, I mean, she says she's really straightforward, that's what they need to hear, but it's so negative, I don't like that. And So what I'm wondering is, how can so many people seriously think that it's 100% responsibility? She claims it's totally personal responsibility. She got that from the food industry's playbook. What they say is that you have to focus on personal responsibility as the cause of the nation's unhealthy diet. More so, they talk about physical activity being the top over diet, and they state that there aren't any good or bad foods. Okay, they're pretty smart about that. So, what I've been thinking throughout all this, or what I was thinking when I first got the topic brought to me, was how the heck did this all get started? So, what I'm going to do, given the research that I did, is I'll give you guys a little history lesson on how it all began. So, uh, in 1971, President Nixon appointed a guy named Earl Butts to Secretary of Agriculture. And um, so what Earl Butts did was he transformed the farming industry into this mass production, industrial-sized business that we know today. 
Um, so what he did was he gave subsidies to soy and corn farmers across the country. This incentivized them to create a surplus of corn and soy in hopes that it would reduce the price of food for the American people. Um, while this was happening, Japanese scientists somehow discovered high fructose corn syrup within corn. I don't know where you guys would would come up with corn and sugar being the same thing, but that's uh, that's kind of weird to me. But they did it. Hey, didn't they use corn syrup now in um, sodas and stuff like that? Yeah, they did, and that's actually who first got on board was uh, Coca-Cola and PepsiCo. They were the first to replace sugar in their drinks with high fructose corn syrup. Now they did this one because it was cheaper, and two, it was exponentially sweeter. Um, so I mean, a good business move on them, but it actually ended up hurting us. Imagine putting sugar on your corn on the cob. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work. I go for salt and butter all the time. Oh yeah, man, um, Alex, I think that's you know what you're trying to say is you know it's making it more addicting, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, more sugar. Sugar is definitely addicting, just like caffeine and everything else we consume. Um, so that's that's pretty smart on their move to get us addicted onto the sugar, and that's why we we have so much of it. The more we're drawn to something, obviously we're going to be addicted to it, and we're going to want more and more of it. This all started with a man called David Wallerstein back in the 1960s. He had this idea of supersizing the popcorn in the Chicago theater. By opting for a bigger size popcorn, customers would get more popcorn at a slightly higher cost. The idea of, was, of supersizing was brought into McDonald's by him after he was appointed in the late 1970s, and ever since then, many companies got on board with this idea as well. Nowadays, you have everything supersized from Big Gulps at 7-Eleven to popcorns and Happy Meals. Ever since then, the cost of living has gone up and we live in excess. See, it's hard for me because I'm a skinny guy and I want to eat extra every time I eat, so supersizing is great for me. But for, you know, Debbie, who's 300 pounds, supersizing... I don't know what it, you know it looks like to her, but probably not the best choice. You know what, James? Um, in my commute every day to work, you know, I go work in the city, and I see these huge billboards, man, from McDonald's, Burger Kings, etc. You know, for one, from McDonald's that I saw and it stuck in my head is we sized up your McPicks for you, and you had a juicy burger on there and everything. Then the next exit, McDonald's. I wanted to stop, but you know, I couldn't. I didn't have enough time, even though I wish I did, man. But I'm looking at it now, and I'm just you know, seeing that there's. Uh, you know, unhealthy ingredients in there that, you know, don't, don't sit in your stomach right. And, you know, that's what's making you fat. Right. And I, I'm sure everybody knows of a different fast food restaurant that has the same option where supersize this or pick that. Everyone's got their own 99 cent menu and it, it just, it makes people want to buy more and more, you know. And it's just sad because when I drive past these places, it doesn't catch my eye. But when you have Ronald McDonald and you have a kid in the car... You know, that just attracts kids. It'll attract more and more every day. Ding, 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 ding. You hit it right there on the head. Right. I mean, what kid isn't going to want to scream and kick until they get McDonald's? Yeah, and especially when you see a play fort in the middle of a McDonald's. How can you pass that up? You know, another restaurant that really comes to mind when it, you know, pertaining to, like, fast food and cheap food is Jimmy John.
you know how fast you were going, son? Call me Ed. Do you know how fast you were going, Ed? You mean exactly? Yes, exactly. No, not exactly. How fast? Fast. Fast, sir? You were going very fast. Fast is my job, officer. Fast is your job? Yes, sir. What kind of job? I deliver, sir. What do you deliver? The world's greatest gourmet sandwiches. I thought Jimmy John's had the world's greatest gourmet sandwiches. Jimmy John's does have the world's greatest gourmet sandwiches. So you deliver for Jimmy John's? I deliver for Jimmy John's. So do you always deliver fast? I always deliver fast. How fast? I deliver something so fast you freak. Jimmy John's. Oh, I don't know about you guys, but my girlfriend and I love ordering Jimmy John's. After we get home from school or work, that way we do not need to get back into the car, drive all the way to Jimmy John's. We just call them up, we order it, and I always get more than one sub because then I'll have food for later in the day. Um, but the bad part about it is the food comes so fast and it's always so available that I'm a skinny guy so I devour food. So I usually eat both subs right away because they are just so good rather than saving the one for later in the day. Not good at all. I mean, it's tough. And so, you know what, man? Um, transitioning. Okay, not only are portion sizes uh, an issue, but food companies go above and beyond to alter the labels on packages on food to make things look like they're healthier, but they're not. So, you know, you'll be walking in an aisle in a Walmart or like, you know, a supermarket. You're going to look at some lettuce and it's going to just say, you know, super health, heart healthy, but at it's probably not it's you know it has something on it but you know candy bars with something you know saying like it's healthy things called with low fat yeah i usually think of like cereal is one thing they always talk about whole grain this and you know bread as well when you actually look at ingredients there's some sugar in your bread that you don't know about but it tastes good so people keep eating it and when you're in the store you look at cabbage or lettuce and it's just sitting out and it looks green and it's like well, what is that but then you look at a snickers it's got this nice wrapping it's got a brown wrapper and a snickers is brown so you know it just relates it catches your eye it catches you keeps you another thing is people do choose organic organic this organic that yes you pay more for it but is it really that much healthier for you the preservatives and everything is actually keeping it healthy longer so you don't get sick so, guys, do you think there's uh, corn syrup in Snickers bars? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. so, um, I think corn syrup's in, like, everything. I think that's what Snickers is made of, is just corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what um, we were just talking about, you know, packaging just saying, you know, cholesterol-free or fat-reduced, and I just feel like they're being over-consumed or the amount that they're putting in the package is just overly too much. So like going back to the video that we saw, she was claiming that it's personal responsibility that obese people just need a good kick in the pants and that would solve everything. But I really don't think that is the solution to getting rid of this obesity crisis, you know? You know what? I feel like she did her own research and she probably got fooled by the big companies. You know how I saw on this one website, it was a really nice article, um, they were talking about how um, they believe it's not surprising that companies would pay for research um, likely to show benefits of their products. You know, critics are worrying that they're going to be hijacking science for marketing purposes. Right. Um, and so, I mean, it's pretty tough to go up against a food company who's paying all this money just to hide all their negative mistakes, I guess, that they're making. Um, so what we want to ask the listeners is, do you guys have any solutions? Is there something that you think can fix this problem? If so, please add it in the comment section, and that'd be greatly appreciated. We'll see what we can come up with. Other than that, 
my name's Alex. My name's David. My name is Ali. And my name is James. And this is Daily, Daily Discourse. Discourse.